You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. This is a very special live and on-location episode here at the uh, the Tad Talks Ranch. I'm here with the rancher himself, Tad Western. How are you? I'm doing well, Mr. Spangle. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And, th- and then also joining us is local celebrity... <laughs> Rob Kendall, uh, got granted the day, granted a day release from his uh, from his wife out on parole. Yeah, that's right. How is Haley? Uh, she is doing great. She's at a bridal shower love, today. I love Haley uh, platonically. <laughs> so uh, we are here at the old Tadsters Ranch. I've never been here. Uh, it's it's quite it's quite expansive. I love the. Uh, the, you know the Mexican blankets that you buy down in Cancun. You've got those on the windows. Well, those, those are for I put those up for the audio because this room isn't really this. We're not recording the actual studio. This right, is just out in the living room. I know I haven't been given the tour yet, but oh, there's, there's I mean Pappy and May. May. <laughs> we don't have three hours to tour the whole ranch, but got well. If you guys would have came here on time, we could have. I could have gave you the uh, the we, entire tour. We got box trucks outside. We've got a separate garage. With did, did you see the ice skating rink? That yes. Yeah, I told you. That, that you guys thought I was bullshitting when I said I had an ice skating that, rink. That trim work honestly looks a little sketch, though. Well, you know what? Sometimes My, you, we don't build stuff to code around here. Right, yeah. No. I mean, yes, we do. We are up on all of our permits, and uh, we have been blessed by the government. I just realized you have two TVs in here. Yeah, you know, that's, well, when you're rich and you got money to blow. Honestly. Actually, that one doesn't anymore. That came out of an RV. Have you ever seen I'm a home like hanging up as decoration? Can we talk about the Indian statue that's in the driveway? <laughs> I prefer native. Right. That's yes. how I knew I was at the right place. I yeah. texted Spangler. I said, I think I'm at the right place. There's an Indian in the, in the driveway. Hey, that thing has been in the driveway. That actually was there before the house was built. They built the uh, the ranch around it. It's like I, an Indian burial ground we're on or something? Well, I don't know. Or, yeah. I, I have guess. a bone to pick with Rob, by the way. Uh-oh. Oh. Get in line. Could you have parked in a worse position than where you parked? I, I did. He was he was actually parked where you were parked, and I told him, I said, you can pull all the way up in the driveway. Yeah. So and he, then he proceeded to stop halfway, and I was like, oh, this is going to be hilarious, because Spengler's going to have to walk through the, <laughs> through through all the... <laughs> he's going to walk a half mile up through the rain, because so, it's raining here currently. He parked in the driveway, and basically there's a car already in it that's... So you've got the two cars at the end of the driveway parked, and then there's nothing but... Another car's length back behind them in the garage. It's a tactical parking position, <laughs> as if there were going to be some celebrities here. Right, and you've got to the Taurus. Yeah. Par- so I parked over in front of the Taurus. I get out. There's a flood happening here. I immediately sink down into the mud, and then I go I'm back. S- my shoes. I'm are clean. sorry, Kaepernick, but those Nikes. You were gonna throw those away. Anyway. <laughs> I am wearing my Nikes today, <laughs> and so I had all the equipment in the trunk. So I walk around to the back of the trunk, and there's Noah's Ark floating behind my car. <laughs> And so I was like, well, I better pull and back out, but you couldn't have picked a worse parking spot. In fairness, I tried to park on the side of the street so that you might have the driveway, <laughs> and Tad told me to pull in the in the driveway. That's right. I did. I, uh, I planned this all out. We've got Cory Booker here. Cory? Ooh. <laughs> Kona, uh, his, Tad's dog. Kona uh, Western. Kona Western. Not, I, I'm not, no. Hey, I'm not, get I'm down. Not, I'm, not, not, I'm not interested in touching you. Get get off of me. Tad keeps saying this dog is going to be a... Dad keeps saying this dog's gonna behave, and I question it. It's not gonna happen. This dog this is. Ah, ah, <laughs> this is good. 
this is good. The more, hey, listen. The it, more you, the more you ag it on and talk to him, the worse he's gonna be. It's like, it's like we ignore him. It's like he's invited his own code pink to just, the podcast. You remember, you remember how your fathers were to you when you were a child. Just ignore it, and it'll it'll go do its own thing. Now and then you, you got tell s- me your your great granddaddy literally built this oh, land yeah. with his, his yeah, bare hands. He, he built the ranch from his uh, with his bare hands from the ground up. And then there's sweet Pooh Bear who is ready to go see heaven. <laughs> hey. <laughs> She's 15, almost 16. If she makes it to 16, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a good dog, though. Probably put her down. Yeah. <laughs> My mom is trying to put down a dog that's 14, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah. And c- nobody will put her down because there's nothing wrong with her. And she's like, she keeps snipping at everyone. She's going to hurt somebody. She's blind. Is she going she's- blind? That's how yeah. she's going. Uh, yeah. I normally don't let her out near the... Uh, Neighbor kids. All these damn veterinarians with ethics. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a nine millimeter. And, oh, uh, that's poor Roxy. <laughs> she, if your mom needs a uh, quick, uh, quick and easy, painless. Now, how is down. this? Um, how is the Tad Ranch zone? Can you discharge a weapon on the Tad Ranch with the government? Uh, well, frown on I that? don't. I don't really. I see. Well, this being a ranch and being mine, I. Pretty much think that I can under the Constitution I can right. discharge any type. You're of You're a regular Clive and Bundy. I yeah I I like to uh, I will discharge arrows more than I will <laughs> firearms unless it's the Fourth of July. This when place is a lot of racket going on now. Tad is a single man. That's right. Well, for now, way cleaner than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, I am OCD. What were you expecting? Well, no, I mean it's it, first of all, it is a standing structure, which I actually pictured it being a teepee of some sort, right? Like right. a circus tent, maybe. I actually took down the teepee. I have a summer teepee that I do like to vacation in back <laughs> back out towards the wood line, but I took it down because I, vacation I, teepee. I naively you know, weekend vacation teepee. No. Am I the only? Am I the only one who does that? I naively, uh, for years, have actually pictured this being a a um, Dallas type ranch. Yeah, and then when Tad gave me the address, I said, "That's that's in the middle of town." <laughs> don't give it. Don't give away the secret. I know it's a lot of property for being in the middle of town. It's called Radio Rob. Look it up. Yeah, it's theater of the mind, Roberto. Right. <laughs> now I, mean, I think it's the the artist rendition of you with the cowboy hat on yeah, that really does you know. it for me. Now, Rob, you are a local talk radio show host, correct? I'm He's great. He's a regional. Let's, let's be honest. It's not local. And uh, if you've ever heard of Sick. Chicks on the Right, you are their producer. I am their producer. I am now, also- Now, do you tell people that? Uh, do you admit yeah. that? Yeah. They're, they've got 1.2 million Facebook followers. I know. It must have cost them a lot of money. <laughs> they wow. hate you so much, by the way. I know they do. Like they, Chris has- has feuded with my coworkers. Oh, I believe it openly on the social media. Yeah. I think they blocked me a long time ago because I was I just troll people regardless. Cindy Sheehan, be quiet. <laughs> Sit I I told them very early on, and when the first brouhaha took place uh, with you and them, and all right. the libertarian we are libertarian guys got in on it. I said I just very calmly said I'm friends with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's the way you need. To and be. that's when you know. Rest in peace, Greg was still here, yeah. and that was the guy. It got he took it to a level that went too far. Yeah, um, old lion lens. Rest yeah, in peace. but no, I know they hate me. Uh, I I don't mind that, and I don't mind that Tony Katz hates me too. I have told everyone at WIBC that you are a hell of a human being. I thank you, and it's ironic because Abdul loves you. Yeah, I love you. Anybody that actually knows me in person knows the shtick. Hammer and Nigel love you. Yeah. But cats and the chicks, they hate your guts. <laughs> like, hate you with a capital hate. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, I've seen Tony Katz's ratings. They're, uh, they're oh, about. Oh, you got to go to the ratings. Huh? About three quarters too short of where they ought to be. Um, now, I'm going to be filling in for Tony Katz uh, next week, Monday through Thursday. It's not. You're not their demo. I'm not their demo. No, that's. Which is also why it's mystifying that they have. <laughs> 
are you i'm not going listen i'm not turning the documents over i'm not turning the documents over i'm sorry yes we already de- we already hey. declassified that material Co- Corey barker stop you are in contempt of congress <laughs> so so you never know what's going to happen here at the ranch. But I haven't listened to them in the last two years. So. Well, I'm on there now. Yeah, which so. is uh, not great. <laughs> I mean, no. It's that's not great that I'm on there? Or? I'm, I'm saying that... Oh, it's uh, an improvement. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, let's go with that. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I think I bring a little more local perspective to mm-hmm. things. I like to talk about local stuff. I'm, I don't know if you're aware. I'm currently in a high-profile feud with the governor and the governor's office. You are, yes. I, I, I saw that today. That's pretty. That's I pretty actually, impressive. we, we, we talked about that, which you can hear on the Chris Spangle Show episode two. I replayed the the episode of you and I talking yes. about that. Yeah, you were a guest on the Rob Kendall Show, which you can hear Sundays one to three on WIBC. I think you should. Shameless I think you plug. should uh, listen. Now that I've talked shit, I think you should bring the chicks and I together. Yeah, I should be friends with everyone at WIBC, but Tony Katz. I would love that uh, because Tony Katz will not say my name on the air. Did you know about this? Well, nobody would hear it, Rob. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> he, listening to that. He show. will literally. He literally publicly. This is a week ago, I guess. Said I. W- I will never say this person's name on the air ever again. <laughs> wow. So like, what's his problem? Uh, he gave you the scarlet. I, letter. I don't know. Maybe some intimidation. You know, I mean, that's very common in radio and I'm being serious. Like, that's very common that the guy that would take your job mm -hmm. if you were let go, you don't like that guy. But I don't but I don't want his job. And uh, yeah, but you in my opinion, you should have it uh, and he should not have his, uh, even though you'd be my competition from the day job. You know, I I, I would rather see friends succeed than no talentless. uh, Well, so he's out this week. And so, you know, he's got two shows now. The right. eleven to one show right. as well, and he goes because they said, "Why have ratings the rest of the day when we have none in the morning?" <laughs> and he named everybody to be filling in for him next week: Abdul, Guy Relford, some guy from NRA TV, and he goes, "Ah, eh, somebody will be filling in in the mornings." Yeah, so uh, that's that's his opinion of me. He will not <laughs> say my name on the air. So um. well, I know this is all very inside baseball. We're talking about people you guys might not know, but uh, I'm having fun, and that's all that matters. It, it, it is your program. It's your network. We're, we're going to uh, we're going to get into the topics now. Which 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 topic should we get into? There's so much that happened this week. There's the Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds passing. Let's acknowledge that. Uh, big fan. Uh, Tad has the same uh, body hair uh, composition as Burt Reynolds. I do. I actually, He's sitting on the actual couch. That Burt Reynolds. I did. I bought this couch uh, three years ago when I saw him do an interview, and he looked like he had a cane, and he was his health was failing. So I was like, it's time is to invest now in Burt Reynolds' uh, furniture memorabilia. And so I, uh, he actually signed the uh, under signed one of these pillows. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's his master up. Mashed this up actually came something. with the ranch, uh, and the do- it's the <laughs> dog catch. You can't tell. Uh, now, <laughs> I, I, you wouldn't even. I told on- you I don't ever live. I don't do anything in my house. So there's nothing in my house. We want to say support Rob Kendall on WIBC. Thank follow, you. follow Rob. God bless you. Do, and Rob M. Kendall on Twitter. Do not support Tony Katz. In fact, every time uh, you see him online, be antagonistic. Be nice to the chicks until. Until the peace summit, and then if that doesn't go well, you know. What I think to it's do. Good. what. Where would you like to have this at? Because I know you're not a drinker, so like, uh, it would be I'll a, go wherever. I mean, everybody has Perrier water. You want like a broken egg type or yolk? I can't do breakfast. I'm, you, I'm busy are, in the morning. Uh, well, you. What time are you done? Uh, I, I, I'm I'm a nine to five employee. What time so. does Grizz stop caring about what you do? Uh, never. <laughs> no, never. Five years no. ago. <laughs> 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 about six months after he hired me. Uh, so no, but. Uh, 
so support Rob and his endeavors, and because he works for the chicks, be nice to the chicks. Tony, okay, thank Tony, you. Tony Katz, our sworn enemy. Now, Tad, Tad is also a professional broadcaster. You're now doing Tad Talk every single day. Yeah, uh, the old TTD, Tad yeah. Talk Daily, as That's I like right. to call it. Uh, Huge except ratings. For, except, yeah, I mean, giant. I'm nationwide and then my actual my reach is expanding back into the middle east like i don't know why wait the middle east yeah yeah i was huge in turkey for a while he has so many downloads in turkey i don't know why they 1.2 million as of (laughs) i don't know if tad western is like some type of folk hero that people just download stuff they don't even know maybe it's russian bots i don't know well you're pure you're pure americana well and i'm i'm a walking joke like just Anything I say, no people one em- find funny. No one embodies the spirit of 1776 like you. No, I mean, I'm, I am a walking firecracker, and I will stick it to the British. <laughs> you are what we call rugged masculinity. Well, thank you. Somebody's got to... Well, now the bird's gone. You know, somebody's got to carry yeah. the torch. Are you going to fuck Lonnie Anderson? I don't know. Yeah. If, yeah. It looks She's her- like 100 years old now, dude. I, I don't care. It's, it's, I'll hit it. She was on WKRP, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was the secretary. That's right. Yeah. 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 Some succutary. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of comedy you get every day on Tad Talk, which you can find at WeAreLibertarians.com. But uh, I, I, I enjoy listening to it because Tad talks about the issues from a more comedic perspective. And so it is... Uh, it, it, it is like a congressional hearing. There's a constant growl from dogs right behind you. Actually, I, uh, they, they, they know how to mind when I'm recording. I told Tad that I missed the Tad's Tip segment. I, yeah. I do need to get back more to... Back when I was doing a weekly show, I would actually write and prep more and do more of kind of a prepared... I don't know, more do a lot more prep work. Yeah. Now that I'm doing it daily, I kind of just cut out 30 minutes of my time. And I go over... I pretty much just... I'll look up what's going on in the current news and yeah. pop culture, and I'll just get my take on it. Now, Rob, I, you, you know all about doing all the prep for a daily show, right? Oh, yes. It, it's... <laughs> I know. It makes me want to pull my hair out. I, I am what we call a freewheeling kind of broadcaster. <laughs> Spangle has actually recorded my show with me. I, you walk in and like, you know, with, with We Are Libertarians and now, if you were to come like on a Tuesday show, this is one of the least prepared because I know these two are going to be able to carry it and we'll have a fun conversation. That's right. I got broad shoulders. But, uh, you know, when, when it's like Tuesday, the outline is crazy. And then you show up to Rob, who's on the air, like on a legitimate radio station. He's like... Uh, yeah, we'll just uh, let's talk about this, and then we don't talk about it. He's like, "Yeah, they won't remember." Hey, when that red light comes on, <laughs> it's just guns blazing. Let's go. They get on me all the time. My boss, you're like, "You're so talented, but man, you got to put a little more, <laughs> more prep." Into- you you should listen to We Are Libertarians, and I that could be your prep. I do listen. Oh, well, I do listen to We Are Libertarians. Now you'll have to listen to the new Chris Spangle show. So. Tad and I are now doing a daily show, and it is. It's a totally different muscle because you're much more reactionary. Mm-hmm. You have to prep for stuff that may happen six months from now. Like you can't you can't sit there and be retroactive because you got to go on and talk about it that day. And so you have to have to already know what's going on, as opposed to kind of being a little more deliberate and learning about stuff. And half the time when I'm talking about something, I don't know anything about anything anyway. So it's <laughs> it doesn't nothing ever holds up. You know, you that's, are, that's you, the uh, you are like the We Are Libertarians, Sean Hannity. That's yeah, you are. I just, you listen. Are. You're I, my, I I'm still waiting to be waterboarded, but no one, you know, you're my Tommy Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> I'm way sexier than Tommy Lauren. Now, when and you not go, as annoying. When you go to the We Are Libertarians, con- or not the We Are, but the Libertarian Convention, because uh-huh. like you went to a big one in New Orleans, yeah. recently. Like, does do the Libertarians have their Tommy Lauren where it's just like, yes, no one can stand you, Jeffrey and- Tucker. 
Yeah, no, I would be that. I would be. You that. are no, no. I there are definitely levels of libertarian celebritarianism. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, you know, like at the top is like everybody wants to. You know, Tom Wood stops and a crowd gathers around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm definitely not in that crowd. I I was I was recognized by a lot of people and uh, creep shouted by some others. But it wasn't it wasn't like Tom Woods level, for yeah. instance. You know, okay. he has like three times the size of the audience that I do. So he also has a lot of car lots, right? <laughs> no, that's Nick Sarwark. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's the used car salesman. Um, uh, I think he's singing the Tom, Tom Woods, to- right? To- Toyota. So oh yeah, yes, here in Central Indiana. See, that's oh, what, that's what we call local humor. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but but <laughs> there's noticed, three people who get that joke. Like you, the, the big namers will stop and talk to you. Like they seek you out at these things. Oh yeah, I've been around long enough that if I run into pretty much anybody that most people in the show would talk, like right, they know who I am because I've been around so long. Right, I've been around in the LP for a decade. Right. So. And you were a Republican. I was. I was a Republican until 2008. You were a God-faring, pro-life human being for a I, while. I held, an anti, I, I held a pro-war rally in 2003. <laughs> on the there's hey. a photo or a video oh, or something. There is. There's a video online. A video of yeah. it. Yeah. He gave a speech, didn't you? I gave a speech. I, I Greg Garrison, formerly uh, of WIBC. All were you and Garrison on stage together? Oh, he helped me organize it. Yeah. He put it together. It was it was uh, Dan Burton, yeah. Steve Booyer, like all these Republican congressmen, the Wright brothers played music. It w- it got a thousand people in freezing rain the day after Thanksgiving. Where was this at? On the Circle, on, on uh, downtown. Yeah, Indy. on the Circle. It was freezing that day. We're gonna dedicate a whole segment on the Rob Kendall Show next week. Yeah, to Spangles Pro War Rally. Yeah, I, I will beat see, those war drums. <laughs> I will see if I can find it. And anti-war protesters came up on this on the thing trying to br- crash it. Yeah, and I I had security get them right out of there. So you believed in the Bush man? Oh, I was one. I was the CR president, the college Republican president in 04. I was. Super pro war with Iraq. I was very pro Bush, and uh, <laughs> then over over time, I like that was my final. Like I was always very libertarian. Mm-hmm. I almost got uh, kicked out of the presidency of the College Republicans because I didn't care if gays got married or not. Right, and I liked Bush's amnesty plan or whatever you called right. it. Like, I, yeah, you I, don't believe in borders. No, no, not really. And I so I and I I've never really seen the like the reasoning behind keeping people who want to come here and work and provide uh, economic growth to America. Safety is of no concern to you. Uh, you hate the safety. I think that the safety argument is so wildly overblown that it's completely overused. And l- small incidents that don't reflect the broader numbers are used to demagogue, basically. I bet Kate Steinle's parents might disagree with that. But but carry on. You're doing exactly what I just said. You literally just (laughs) illustrated my point, is that people will take an incident like that, and uh, and, and it has nothing to do with the macro evidence that, by and large, it's not immigrants coming in. It's it's not Europe, right? It's not bringing in a million Syrians to a three million person country, and it changes everything, like in Sweden, for instance. Um, America's very America can handle it. By the way, I have a real quick question. I'll yes, throw sir. you off. What happened? How is Larry doing? Larry's good. See, I'm mad because I shouldn't have stopped the Larry character. Yeah. Because Brent Terhune, <laughs> who I work with at Bob and Tom, came in and basically like stole the thunder and yeah. is like getting like six million yeah. views. Yeah. With the same character. <laughs> it's the Larry character. It's literally the and I don't think he ever saw it. He may have, but it's good for him. He's a professional comedian. But uh I now if I bring back Larry. People are going to think I'm copying. Yeah, Brent. you're a hack, dude. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was two years ahead of my time. You know, yeah, I was I, I was the Andy Kaufman to the Borat. Yeah, um, but nice. 
So, so yeah, and then when I just became completely disillusioned in uh, 2008 with the Republican Party after I saw them remove 300 Ron Paul delegates from the state convention, and I was just was like, I'm not going to support these crooks. And uh, But th- that foreign policy piece was always kind of that missing part that I didn't quite, I just couldn't quite get there. And then I saw Ron Paul in the debates, and that was really like, oh, wow, I started reading things like Blowback by Chalmers Johnson, and I started seeing, like, oh, okay. You know, like, Noam Chomsky was somebody that I thought was the devil until I actually read Noam Chomsky, and then I was like, oh, all of this makes sense to me. That's an interesting perspective, too, because your mind was changed on actually reading stuff. Like, you read people that you, quote-unquote, hated. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good thing. I was reading Saul Alinsky this morning, and when you read Saul Alinsky and you actually read the book, you go... Okay, I completely see all of their tactics, but there's also some of this that really does make sense. Like he talks about voluntary societies and like so there's things in Saul Linsky that I think even libertarians would go, "Wow, okay, this is kind of libertarian." But if you just listen to the Glenn Beck version of Saul Linsky and you never read Saul right. Linsky, then you don't see, you know, so because I wrote an article for We Are Libertarians where I was basically talking about identity politics in that if you look at how everything is structured in society, crime is down, war is down, famine is down. We're feeding more. We're f- we have seven billion people because we are we have better health care. We have better food systems. Farm aid, right? And so because there's and we have. <laughs> Pretty- Dad, you probably been to Farm Aid, haven't you? Right. You strike me as the sort of man who's been in the front row of Farm Aid. Oh, you know it. He performed. He actually <laughs> yeah, I, the, he organized the first Farm Aid. I did have a deal with him, <laughs> um, but he got screwed by Willie Nelson over some weed, and then it all went to hell. Yep, that and Monsanto. <laughs> so after Bear bought him. <laughs> so fucking bear man uh, i don't even buy their aspirin anymore as a uh, after what they did to tad i know they um shut so, me down boycott bear hashtag so, it so in the 50s you had a large portion of this country that had no access to electricity and you and extreme poverty and you had no black voters registered to vote in mississippi for instance so there's very clear like problems in society but in an absence of that like what do you do and so what they've done is they've taken the Alinsky model of constantly provoking, provoke, 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 and divide with identity politics, that it just ends up that everybody's fighting with each other all the time. And, and it's used basically to like move us towards the left by creating these false, like, these false bullshit. Straw man arguments. Basically what you just did with immigration, where <laughs> you take one little incident and you provoke people with it because it, to get an emotional reaction, which makes them easier to propagandize and then move them to your side, when in reality, immigrants are a net positive for the United States. You know what I think we ought to do, Tad? I think this would be a good live, remote version of We Are Libertarians. Yeah. We should uh, let Spangle hang out with a, a group of uh, MS-13 fellas for an evening. They would love me. And he could broadcast live, and we'll see how he feels about the whole illegal immigration people sneaking into the country thing. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> MS-13 people... All right. How, how did MS-13 start, Rob? I don't know, Chris. Why don't you tell me how right. MS-13 starts? <laughs> you know the history there. See, the way <laughs> the way that you're supposed to do it is... Listen, I know. Of course I know. Oh, no, I'm honest. But talk to me like... Oh, no, I'm honest. People know. They're always going to get the honesty from me. MS-13 was formed in California prisons because the drug war locked up a lot of minorities because Nixon couldn't criminalize being black and being a leftist, so he started the drug war to basically put people in prison that were his political enemies. MS-13 grows out of black and white gangs now picking on the Hispanics that are in jail, and then when they get they serve their time they get shipped back to Guatemala where they start forming you know 
terrorist gangs in their home country, which then causes... Funded by the CIA. Funded by the CIA, and which we have also disrupted their, their government and encouraged corruption because of the drug war in their homeland. And then you have family, women's, women's and children's uh, coming up to the border. Bad hombres because, is what I like to call them. And so <laughs> American policy is largely to blame for the the rise of MS-13, Rob. So we are to blame for MS-13. That's not, your theory. Not completely. I no. mean, how long it, ago was Nixon president? What was that? Well, that was, what, 45 years ago? 40 uh, years ago? Right when a lot of the problems started. So so, so 45 <laughs> years ago, right. the fact that these people are still out there causing immense terrorism, chopping people's heads off, shipping dangerous shit into this country, that that's, yeah, that's, but the opioid, that's our fault. The opioid crisis, for instance, got its start under uh, Bill Clinton. And, my, and drug policy then. So. My, my issue with the whole open borders deal is a issue of what to... I, I know it's open borders would be, in a libertarian sense, would be great e- economically. But how does it work... He's pissed. How does it, how does it actually work in... Uh, because you're going to say we're going to open our borders up. But Mexico isn't going to open their borders up. Canada isn't going to open their borders up. So I don't see it being a func- a functional idea that it will actually work. It, it's it's the same as arguing that closed borders should be the policy. Like you're never going to get well. To either it's not one of those. it's not closed borders. Yeah. It's we we vet people when they it, yeah. There's a there's a way to do it. Which is why ultimately I think you allow people to come here and, and work, and you make it. You, I have no problem. People decrease, want to come here and work. Yeah, you decrease black markets by easing drug policy, by easing immigration policy, and you, I, I, I would be fine with that. But yeah. I think that you have to decriminalize the drugs and then get rid of the majority of the welfare state before you would do that. But see, that's a total misnomer because in the welfare reform bill under Clinton, immigrants don't get welfare. You have to be a citizen in this country for five years to receive welfare benefits. Yeah, legally, but you can make a fake ID like the guy who killed Kate Steinle did. Sure. (laughs) But that's why you should end the welfare state. I know, I agree with you. You can't sit there and say, well, because this one instance happens, this is a justification for the the policy for all of the United States. The the reality is the more you Should we go back to a state-enforced... Let's say uh, maybe just Texas or the southern borders want to enforce, put their national guard on the border and just. I, the that, less, the less federal government, the better. Than I would agree than it is for me. Look, here, here's a guy that I know you admire and respect, Doctor Michael Munger. Mm-hmm, I love Munger, uh, a great libertarian thinker, friend of the Rob Kendall Show, yes. mentor of mine. Right. Uh, he described it as a big wall with a wide gate. Right. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with saying we want all sorts of people to come in here who want to contribute to society. They want to assimilate into our culture. Sure. I mean, I don't think that's unreasonable, right, to to learn the language and be a part of America. And it, it's nothing you have to mandate. It just happens. Well, naturally. but, but, I, but I, those are the people I want coming in and saying, if we're going to have those people, I'm fine with that. But I don't want dangerous thugs and murderers who are shipping heroin and God knows what into our country. No, and I don't think any libertarian, including myself, want that either. Then how are you going to stop it without border enforcement? You Well, you reform drug policy, first and foremost. And the, the reality is that they're not stopping it now. This is always the argument that when people who argue for more uh, more government, they say, well, without these government policies, X wouldn't happen. But with the policies that we have now, which are more um, entrenched and more and stronger than they were 20 years ago, 
the the Kaylee, what's her name? Kate Steinley. Kate Steinley. I know her death means nothing to you, so it's an inconvenience. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's my, uh, my dad calling. It's uh, not Kate. It's not so, one of your female fans. No, no, um, no. The the reality sure, is it's not George Soros that <laughs> wanted to make a donation. <laughs> Open Borders Foundation with with the most border protections that we've had in American history. Drugs are still coming across. It's true. Those things are still happening. And so the the problem, I'm not a libertarian because I'm selfish or I want to do whatever I want to do. I'm, sel- I'm a libertarian because I started out thinking that government was the good thing that all of us can do together to solve problems. And then I've just seen in every single instance, government doesn't work. If you close the borders, you're still not going to stop X from happening. And so why would you why would you rob freedom from all of the good people who want to do things the right way and and allow only bad criminals to do what they want to do Be- because it's the same like conservatives I don't think are very consistent on things like they, like they have it right on gun policy if you have gun-free zones only the people with guns are are right. protected in that area like we saw in Jacksonville but they don't apply that same principle to almost every other area of government and the principles are always the same. The more the government tries to do, the more ineffective it becomes, and therefore all those consequences you were trying to stop initially end up falling backwards, and it happens anyways. But good people get hurt in the process. So is it your assertion then, just so I, I understand, that we should not have – anybody should come and go as they please in America? Freedom of movement is a foundational libertarian principle, Okay. And so I think if but you're not uh, U.S. Constitution. Sure. So there's two ways to look at it when you're a libertarian. There is the pure libertarian point of view, and you have to articulate this is what true freedom looks like. And then you also have to look at it from a that's a destinational libertarian point of view, again, to use a monger term. And then there's the directional libertarian point of view, which is I understand that pure freedom of movement, unrestricted borders, so people can leave at an area of poor economic growth like Syria and move to the United States where we can have free markets and build a better life for ourselves. That That's uh, foundational to, um, to what it means to have a libertarian society. But there's also the directional libertarian point of view, which is where are we at now and what is achievable in our lifetime? So I can sit here and I can and I, I can and I do tell people that open borders are the pure libertarian position. But I also understand we may never see that particular policy prescription in our lifetime. So how do we talk about legislation and things that are happening in the world in a way that convince a Rob Kendall to see our point of view? And so the next generation has a better opportunity to achieve libertarian principles, right? So I don't think that uh, the nation state will cease to exist in my lifetime. And so you have to have some restrictions. So what restrictions am I willing to compromise on? Uh, someone has to be a United States citizen to vote. If you want to participate in our democracy, you have to adhere to our principles. If you want to join our club, you have to believe in the club. I'd like to apply that test to pretty much every American as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, but when it comes to economic growth, uh, if you look at what's happening now where they, they repealed tax cuts... And so you have a, a massive amount of investment in companies. And so what's the first thing a company does when they have an, uh, more money freed up? They hire more people to achieve more big projects so they can make more profit. Profit always comes last. It's not the first thing like those morons Bernie Sanders tell you. 
at the same time, the American government is limiting to 66,000 people the, uh, that we can hire for immigrate, immigration. So hospitals have shortages. Tech companies have shortages. Pizza companies have shortages. Gas stations have shortages. Like, so at a time when there's more economic opportunity, there's less people available to work because we've stupidly uh, not allowed people to come in here and work. And so then we stall our own economic growth. Like it, Trump does things that are so stupid like the tariffs and limiting immigration that completely like if he if he didn't have such a, a protectionist view on those two things the economic growth would be even more significant and he'd probably get a third term billionaire chris spangle over here telling uh billionaire donald trump how stupid he is <laughs> did you go to the wharton school of business did you get the best grades no i didn't start off with a small loan of a million dollars huge <laughs> Hey, I only, failed out of IUPUI, Rob. He did you, pay it back. You don't genuinely believe Donald Trump is a stupid person, right? I mean, you may disagree with his policies, but you don't get to be a billionaire by being stupid. No, I don't think he's a dumb person in... Um, there's plenty of smart people who are wrong. Like, I don't think that uh, Barack Obama... Like you? Thank you. <laughs> I don't, thank you for calling me smart. <laughs> like, I don't think Barack Obama's a stupid person at all. I don't think John McCain was a stupid person, but these people believe stupid things. No, I I would agree with that. You know, like John McCain, your biggest, you're you're a big fan of John McCain, aren't you, Rob? We love McCain. He was a he was a he was a great American. He served his country admirably. Now I haven't heard what you said, but I just kept seeing you show up on WIBC talking smack about John McCain, and I was like, look at Rob having a backbone. What what were you saying about John McCain that was really pissing off all the uh, boomers over there at WIBC? <laughs> well, first of all, nobody has a bigger backbone. Than me. Uh, that's what Haley says. <laughs> says huge backbone. Big as that can. My thing with McCain is that, you know, when this guy dies and everybody starts into, the, including people who hated him during his life. Right. Oh, yeah. Was, it only took, what, eight years yeah. to people it, it, to come it, over from the other side? It, it, exactly. Praise him. And if George Soros is writing nice things about you after your <laughs> death, I'm out. I'm out on whatever your life was. If that, Henry Kissinger shows up at my funeral, you can go ahead and it, you guys can talk right. shit about me. Um by the way, I want you to do my eulogy okay. at my funeral, Chris. I have that on tape. Um, I would like for you to eulogize me, and you can say whatever you actually thought about me. Rob Kendall, <laughs> huge penis. <laughs> Great man. He's so good. Many women, except between the years, <laughs> said he was a wonderful lover. Um, so... <laughs> so my thing with McCain is what he did in Vietnam was heroic. I, I think you can salute that. I don't think anybody can deny that. No, yeah. I, and I think that's okay. But it doesn't mean that you have to say that what he did after his career as a soldier was anything that anybody should be proud of or want to be a part of. That guy was a complete and total scumbag as an elected official. He was totally in it for himself. Right. He took great pride in snubbing oftentimes his own constituents to be liked by the media, including his last and final yep. vote, which was that thumbs down on Obamacare after eight years of campaigning against it. Because he wanted to grandstand and talk about how Absolutely. the Senate used to be great and how he re fully represented... The whole whitewashing of John McCain over the last year yeah. has been unbelievable to watch. Like, here's a guy who walked around and abused the press, called his wife the C-word was the original madman in mm -hmm. 2008. People were saying, we've got to elect Barack Obama because John McCain's a crazy person with temperament issues. We're going to get into a war if he gets elected. Well, he was the original racist candidate, too. It, remember? Exactly. <laughs> you remember when he pointed at oh, yeah. Ob Obama in the debates and said that one, and then yep. it turned out, you know, all of a sudden John McCain was a massive racist, <laughs> according to the, well, the What's his name press. who marched, in the, uh, marched with 
King, remember he, right. he called him out. He's most despicable <laughs> John candidate. Lewis. Yeah, John Lewis did. Yeah, and, and so, then he tweeted out, yeah, uh, he was a great, great American citizen. And, and so he the white together. Yeah, the whitewashing of all of this. Like here's you know uh, Biden who's saying they're going to put you all back in chains eight years before now saying he was my best friend and represented the best in American politics. Okay, so the best in American politics is them putting uh, him back in chain, the black people in chains, like. It, all of it is just bullshit, and this is everything that everybody hates about politics, what what took place last weekend. It's like, we're not going to uh, talk about Aretha Franklin's life, we're going to talk about Donald Trump. Right. And we're not going to talk about John McCain's finer points, we're going to pretend that none of the bad stuff happened, mm-hmm. you know, and he himself excuses all of his bad behavior by saying, I wasn't perfect. It's like, <laughs> okay, well that doesn't excuse all of the millions of people that died because of your foreign policy. So I, initially I was like, you know, and I'm not going to talk bad about the guy. But then I watched the week and the week that he designed for himself. Isn't that, isn't that the height of it all right? That uh, he, he scripted his funeral to the T. Yeah, I just that, that's uh, political. I, I, that funer- me off. Political funerals echo through history and political funerals of men like John McCain in their era have a have a, a, a chance of being remembered hundreds of years later. And you chose your your uh, funeral to be used to make cheap political points in a very small amount of like a yep. small period of time of human history. And wasn't that whole attendance like you look at who was there? It was Obama. It was the Bushes. It was the Clintons. It's like the freaking cabal. It's the machine, man. Yeah, it's the I mean, Washington machine. Somebody yeah. tweeted out, "Just lock the doors and have a war crimes trial." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It just and 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 so you know. By the way, you'll love this. The day, so I had to go in the air the next day, McCain, after McCain dies. Right. And WIBC, I guess Fox News, had had this special prepared for quite a while that, hey, radio stations can use this once McCain passes away, as it's common that they'll do with well-known people when it looks like they're going to die. And so they were running the John McCain special after um, after my show. <laughs> and, and at like 11 at night, I get a text from my boss. Hey, kind of, kind of maybe take it just a little easy on McCain <laughs> on Sunday since you're running into a John McCain special. I said, okay, but Monday, Katie, Katie bar the door. Uh, I think you could salute John McCain's service as a soldier and say that was service above self. But his life as an elected official from the Keating Five on forward was all about self above service. Yeah, the Keating Five, where he used his Senate influence to get a, a big donor out of trouble in the savings and loan scandals in the '80s. You know, Keating was this big contractor in Arizona who funded a ton of funded Arizona politics. You know, it's the height of corruption. And of course, you know, the the Senate tried him and he was found to have uh, done some inappropriate things, but nothing ultimately was wrong. But uh, Corey Barker over here is knocking my trying to get him. He's thirsty. Yeah. Go get your own water, bro. Um, so you're no, you're no Bruce Kendall when it comes right down. Listen, always trying to steal another man's water, just like a Democrat. He's just happy that uh, we've got some company today at the ranch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's it's. He's it's, not a big McCain fan either. I don't blame you. I bet I bet he kicked dogs. <laughs> Let's start that rumor. And by the way, your daughter to have your daughter up there Kona, saying those sort of things. Yeah, it's like if my you know you would want your child to only remember <laughs> that, that's the- pepperoni. By the way, Hormel pepperoni. This dog must have the worst farts. <laughs> oh, oh, you wouldn't even believe. You won't believe the gas. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to have your daughter up there spewing that stuff, and it's like, 
Donald Trump doesn't give two shits about what you say about right. him because he's the president and you're dead, dude. Right. So you just keep talking and he's going to keep laughing. What about appealing to the American people's morality as a way to thwart Donald Trump? Has, has that worked in the last three years? It's never worked. It's not worked for Lil Marco Rubio. It's not worked for Jeb Bush. It's not worked for Ted Cruz. It's not worked for Hillary Clinton. It's not worked for any Democrat that's been prominent that's tried to go against him. Like, appealing to people's higher nature, saying this isn't who we are and we need to be better. Like, that hasn't worked. So why do they keep doing that? Because they're preaching to the choir. They just, they think that that is what people want and that's their only, pl- that's their only plan. They, they right. have no idea how to deal with Donald Trump. And, and they believe it, right? I mean, you look at, it's interesting when we talk about who was the writer of the New York Times. <laughs> Oh, I'm being humped. Okay, I'm being humped. Kona. Has this, is this a We Are Libertarians first? No. No. Kona. You're being humped while on the air? Come here. time where Creighton got real amped up on an anti, anti-histamines. And Put your sausage away. Yeah. Maybe you won't. Yeah, I guess if I, I, he thinks it's a, it's a little sausage. Yeah, he, th- he thinks it's a uh, pepperoni. That's your turn, Rob. <laughs> you, 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 know, you look at these people and... You look at the who was the writer of the this anonymous New York Times piece, and I keep telling people because you know part of <laughs> it's the joke an op-ed. on the air. It's is, not a New York Times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is is Rob over here blaming the entire New York Times as if they wrote the piece, which they basically well, they know, yeah they could they, have. they may very well have. But I keep telling people, I said, while uh, we laugh about oh Mike Pence did it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's someone around Mike Pence because most of those people. We're so never Trumper yep. until there was a job waiting for him in Washington, and all of a sudden they're on the Trump train. That's who's in our government. These people think they're the smartest people in every room. They 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 despise people who voted for Trump. They look down upon them, and that's that group of people: the Bushes, the Obamas, the Clintons, the McCain's. They the, genuinely think they're better than these, the, the and they know better. The, they think they know better and what how the country should run, and they don't give a damn about the actual. The voters. Yeah, I mean, it's Pence. You know, you you worked for Mike Pence for a brief time. Uh, we used to be friends. Yes, and uh, Mike Pence, a talk radio guy here in Indiana as well. Um, you occupying his seat. You literally yeah, sit in the chair I that literally sit in his. That the Mike Pence used to sit in. Uh, big time friend of the station that you work for. And, uh, you know, but Pence was one of those guys. Pence was number three in the House. You don't become number three in the House and help write the Patriot Act, which he bragged about on his website in 2008. Mysteriously, <laughs> uh, you can only find it on screenshots that I've saved. But, you know, Mike Pence is somebody that um, super ambitious and is willing to do whatever it takes to uh, become, you know, he ran for governor to be president. And he put a team in Iowa roughly six months after he got elected governor here and it wasn't until Riffra blew up in his face that he wasn't able to go and you know the religious freedom act that he wasn't able to go and run for president can you imagine what trump would have done to him on a stage oh he would have torn up apart <laughs> pence <laughs> pence is you know i ran a campaign against pence pence is the, one of the most disciplined politicians i've ever seen but everything he says is a platitude written by some hollywood writer yeah about about what people think what you know i just believe in indiana this is just the best people in all of the united states and we are we achieve we achieve greatness together not because of the government but because of the human spirit lodestar right yes (laughs) you know and it's like i'm just a humble servant And, and it's like you know the guy does believe what he says the guy doesn't cheat on his wife the guy is uh you know truly that christian although he's not 
He's not a Christian supremacist. You know, he's not a wacko. He's just a traditional 1990s conservative Republican Christian guy. And that's who he is. You know, and so the left trying to make him into some boogeyman is insane to me because it's going to backfire and make Pence more beloved. But Pence is also not a bright person. No. He's and, not and a that smart was, person. And that's where Pence and I got sideways. I worked for his his campaign and, you know, they uh, I went to work for state auditor's office and they promoted me to pharmacy board director. And you find out very quickly, which is under the governor's office, you find out very quickly, one, he's not very bright. And two, he's more interested in surrounding himself with people that worship him than people that are good at their jobs. They're not really about government reform. He doesn't really know how to reform government. Hence, your job is something pharmacy-related. Well, one of the reasons I left was I kept hitting my head against the wall because we were doing things better, but we weren't doing it, quote, the right way right. because it wasn't the government way, but it's but our results are better. Right. We're, we're doing more for taxpayers. We're doing what we're supposed to do. No, it's, it's not how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And I said, I can't in good conscience continue to take money realizing I'm just a guy showing up because you're not really about reform. Right. You are about going to ribbon cuttings. You are about giving speeches. And that's why I've been so critical of Mike Pence that he gives a great speech. He And he's actually a really nice guy. He's a phenomenal yeah. orator, yeah. but he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he would have been ripped to shreds by Donald Trump. I mean, he and he will be uh, at some point. Uh, there's no doubt that his time Guantanamo's in his future. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. He actually wrote that. Uh, I don't think he did. I no, think, I think it was probably... A, you, his speech writer. Or you did some or, deep research. Oh yeah, person. you know I went down the deep interwebs, and there was there was what's, quite what's a the few people. What's the black web saying? Uh, well, they prefer to be called the African American web, <laughs> but uh, here at the ranch, <laughs> we're more progressive. <laughs> but apparently, they were talking about how it could be his uh, speech writer. Obviously, that's because the wording uh, could be. I I don't believe it's probably any. I think it's probably some low level hack because it. it if you actually read the article, I don't know if you have it handy, but I read it and I was like, this is complete fan fiction of somebody who is just grandstanding and it, it literally reads like a, le a leftist wrote it and it, I, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. And it pretty much says like, we want to keep, it's admitting to a deep state actually running the government instead of elected officials and i don't know it's just weird i i read the entire thing and i i gave uh, an annotation on it on uh, the chris spangle yeah. show so if people want to get deeper into it then go check out that episode Corey barker be quiet <laughs> Order. hey you want pepperoni <laughs> go over there go. So tad's funny. gonna be a great parent someday he's gonna be the best dad you know i uh i was with some friends last night and uh one of them had a ch small child and it had a ball that was playing with it and i almost kicked the ball to the child and i was like go get it go fetch because I, all i have is dogs and i was so jennifer palmieri who uh was a an, an obama comms director uh, she worked in the white house and so, you know, somebody who was the comms director for Barack Obama at the White House understands this stuff uh, and was with the other party. And this is what she wrote. Uh, for what it's worth, based on my experience with New York Times sourcing rules for administration officials, this person could easily be someone most of us have never heard and more junior than you'd expect, like a deputy at Legislative Affairs or the National Education Council. You know, and so, and I think that's probably it. Could right. be someone appointed by Obama still yeah. in office, yeah. right? Literally. <laughs> so, I I uh, I don't believe that this is going to be Mike Pence or 
you know, Jeff Sessions or any any of that kind. I think it's. I want be, it to be Mike Pence. I I I want the more drama, the better. Honestly, like, <laughs> can you imagine if it really was Mike Pence? <laughs> if we're not getting good government, well, then we might as well get good television. <laughs> hey, reality TV government is the best government. <laughs> this Would dog is literally this, trying to bite Tad. This is why I don't. I There's don't. no pepperonis left, so he's biting my fingers because they smell like pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have this at the uh, We're Libertarians home studio. No, I, and I put the cats away even now. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of pissed you did not bring the live stream equipment so we could be, everybody it would be, could be enjoying this on Facebook It, it would be funny, yeah. Did, if we're uh, still not banned. <laughs> did, did, did you uh, literally have a, a woman come over to the We're Libertarians podcast? I studio did, yeah. And you had to explain to her that... Uh, uh, well, that, that you're... She, she made it clear that she likes she does not like surprises. Oh, of any variety. Uh-huh. I was like, well... Did you meet her on, like, the Bumble or something like no, that? No, slid in the DMs. The Bumble. This is a person that I that just caught my attention on Twitter, and uh, so, okay. you know, worked my way in there. Right. Was uh, it their witty banter? It was. There was a lot of witty banter. Uh, had a great time. Then we went out. Have not heard from her since. <laughs> You're uh, getting ghosted, son. I, I am getting ghosted. I'm about to write a strongly worded text message to her. Wow. You should write an op-ed for the New York Times. Um, I should. You're right. <laughs> About how... You're a male feminist, and <laughs> that's right. You shouldn't be treated it's this way. It's like you you spend seventy dollars on dinner. You have a wonderful time. Wow. Well, I have podcast money. Well, yeah. And then you don't hear from them. It's so rude. It's just it's not easy being a Where man. Where did Rob. you go for a seventy dollar dinner? Iarias. Have you ever been to Iarias Italian? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. That's how I liked this girl. I didn't take her to Quadoba. <laughs> normally, normally, if you go on a first date, you go to like Starbucks because yeah. like. Is that, is that how it works? Oh yeah, no. So if you, if you're going on a date with somebody and you're not sure, you don't you, like you don't get full dinner because uh-huh. because then you can go, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you but, just break it off, quick. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Get the exit. I usually know just through conversation. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a catch. Yeah, so well, I try you to are. be. You're famous. I, I try to be picky. You work for a, you know, the arguably still the most popular radio show in the country. Not arguably, the ratings prove it. Uh, in the world, I've seen, I've seen my ratings and your ratings, and <laughs> yes, uh, we are the most popular r- show. R- real quick, I, I'm curious. Um, uh, seventy dollars just sounds like a lot of money to spend on a dinner Maybe for a first you. date. For Maybe a first date, I mean, I feel like you. That's have a lot regret. of calamari. I'm yeah. not. I'm not happy about it. How much food did you guys eat for seventy bucks? I had a normal amount of food. I ordered an appetizer, and she had a few drinks, which is oh, necessary to be around me. Right, 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 right. But you don't drink. See, that's part of your problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that would because see, if you drank, you could just go have a drink with her. It's genuinely cost me dates. Like it is, it's a weird thing when they find out because it always comes up before you even meet them. Like, oh do you, really? Do, it's like one of the first twenty questions you get asked is like, "Do you drink?" Really? And so, and I don't, and so they're like, "Eh, <laughs> really? All right, well, fine. I don't need to. I don't need you know uh, my kid being codependent because of your alcoholism. That's so really fine. interesting. So women will literally sometimes not go out with you because you don't drink. It's it doesn't happen as much now because yeah. as a man in my mid thirties, mm-hmm. uh, women in their mid thirties, mm-hmm. oh, you have a job, okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I'll go out with you. But in your twenties, it was much more important. You know, you remember Broad Ripple. Oh, Broad Ripple, Rob. Rest in peace. Are you still the mayor of Broad Ripple? (laughs) Yeah, we had that going for a good three years. That was a that was a well versed skit we had at Brothers and Kilroy's. The mayor of Broad Ripple. Yes, yes, yes. Skit. I did shots with the mayor of Broad Ripple last night. (laughs) I'm friends with the mayor of Broad Ripple on Facebook. I literally saw Tad say that one time that he was the mayor of Broad Ripple. <laughs> I did. In a bar, and these two girls, they were probably 20, 21. Well, they were 21 because they were in the bar. Let's and hope like, they were of age. Yeah. And so uh, 
<laughs> unless they bought uh, a fake ID from your friendly neighborhood illegal. But um, oh, I've I've ran into nineteen year olds and sixteen year olds in bars before. Are you are you really the mayor of Broad Ripple? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won a, I won my campaign in two thousand and nine. Oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, just because. Listen, hey, pepperoni face, Kona, get over here, Kona. I'm gonna punch. I will punch you in the face. You're really killing our buzz here. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna punch you in the face. All right, you need to go. Out, you need to go to the garage. That's right. Calm down. <laughs> Literally calm. Like. <laughs> listen, Kamala. Kamala Harris, stop it. Order. <laughs> Rob, how's your life? Oh, it's going okay. It's going all right. Um, what was I talking about before uh, before the seventy dollar dinner got us derailed? We well, were speaking on there was John McCain. There was oh the uh, White House. The news story from the the, the leaker. Yeah, who who it might be? Kona. I forget. We definitely. Need, she's trying to destroy my Nike. She's yeah, this not a is, Colin Kaepernick fan. This is an Adidas house now. <laughs> now, now, Robert, are you all, are you fully on board on the anti Nike train? Are you anti now? You're, the average age for your uh, radio station is seventy eight. <laughs> And so, are, do you have to like be anti Nike just to, you know? My my stance on Nike is I will not buy any new Nike stuff as long as Kaepernick is a spokesperson, but I will not burn anything. Right. I so, will continue to wear what I own. See, that's smart. You're right because rational. he's not going to be a spokesman in six months, and right. then he can go back to buying Nike. I'm not punishing myself. Like all I'm doing is punishing myself if I don't wear the Nike stuff. Right. I've already bought it. Right. It's like the people who tore up their season tickets last year right. to the NFL. <laughs> You've already paid the money. Why? Yeah, it's not a boycott if you've already given them your your money. Why do boomers care so much about that? Well, have you seen their footwear? No, I'm I'm just saying like why like like my dad told me the other day, and I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but my dad told me he was like, I moved my season tickets. I had one of these seats forever, and then there was a black guy next to me, and he put his fingers in his ears during the national anthem, so I moved seats. And I go really like. Now, was it for the flyover? Because I can understand that when the oh. stealth bomber flies over, it, uh, uh, yeah, he it breaks the sound barrier. He could have had hearing problems, but no, he he said it was very clearly in protest of the national anthem, which is very like a very stupid thing to do. Like, uh, but uh, you know, either way, like I guess I don't get why people really care. Why uh, did he get better seats? Yeah, he. Then he why got are you bitching? Yeah. I, but my my point is maybe Rob can explain boomers to us because I just don't care if you care or don't care about the national anthem. Well, and that, that, that's the point, right? Is that the stuff like Mike Pence did when he came and walked out and cost taxpayers all that money and everything else? The prearranged stunt, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's that stuff's ridiculous. I don't have any problem with people saying I don't want to engage in commerce with you because I disagree with your political views, right? It's why Michael Jordan never talked politics right. for all those years. You're a salesperson. Whatever you're in, whether you're it's we are libertarians or you know Nike or whatever, you're selling stuff. You're selling a product, and you probably realize that your views may turn some people off, and they're not going to listen. But you have an audience. But what happens it's, when politicizing helps you sell? Like that's part. That's part of the problem. Is that that's a free market, baby? Yeah. Yep. It's manufa- It's manufactured yep. outrage, really. And then Nike. Trust me, Nike crunched so many numbers, they realized these assholes who are going to boycott us yep. aren't buying our products it, anyway. It doesn't so, matter. And we're going to get $10 billion worth of free advertising over the next yep. month. So, I mean, it's all calculated. The, the, the guys that are kneeling, too, are not the lead 
players in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick's not out of the league because he kneeled. He's out of the league because he wasn't very good, and as good as he was is not worth the drama that comes with it. Well, it, Same exactly. thing with Tebow. It was, it was, it was going to call. He was going to be too much. He was going to be more of a liability than anything else for a team. Yeah. Even if they were going to sign him. I mean, there you can find a hundred guys that are as good as Colin Kaepernick out there as a backup quarterback. Now there is a case. I I do. I was reading that in his case, they are trying to say that owners were colluding a, a team wise yeah, against have, him. But then you have John Elway saying that they would have hired him and he turned him down. Yeah, I know. I I I'm, I was just telling you what I read. It's I like those people that I don't have a problem with better, it either way. I don't. He thinks he's better than he is, yeah. right? He thinks he should be a starter. You're not starter good. You got benched for Alex Smith, not because you knelt. You knelt after you got benched. He sat on the bench initially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And pouted during the national anthem. You're not that good. You're an okay well, he backup was, quarterback. He was originally catching shit for sitting, and then one, uh, I believe it was a Marine or somebody told him, why don't you kneel for the national anthem or something? They yeah. show a little bit more respect, but I, I don't, to me, it's just all I a bunch I respect of, anybody's right to boycott anything, but if you're tearing up stuff you already own that you've already bought that the they best have your money. the best was when people were cutting their nikes off their socks i was like who in the hell are you what who, nobody cares what socks it's you're wearing. virtue signaling oh, let's call it what it is it's the same dumb behavior that we see from these code pink people screaming in the middle of a hearing like linda sarsour screaming at the beginning of a, a congressional hearing does nothing but make linda sarsour feel good right which is hilarious because linda sarsour the the muslim activist the progressive acted worse than Alex Jones at Congress. And Alex Jones got banned from Twitter for just doing what Jim Acosta does by shouting at uh, Jack Dorsey. But I miss li- Jones. But l- I do too. I rest in peace. I love his moves. <laughs> hey, <laughs> those are super male vitality. Hex. Those well, aren't moves. Now, do you watch Alex Jones at all? I, I, I watch him for humor, yes. Right. I, enjoy, I enjoy people who are able to trigger a response from other people in a positive manner yeah and i think the man is insane but yet he has a very loyal following who live off what he says yeah and that's interesting to me yeah it's sort of the cult-like figure you're trying to be yeah 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 i you know somebody yesterday compared me to both alex jones and donald trump in the same day so i decided (laughs) i didn't know whether i should be offended or uh happy so when are the uh rob a pure water filters coming out <laughs> oh my god right. if i had alex jones sort of money i'd gladly g- play an unhinged <laughs> hey, character on he the radio. started <laughs> he started in a small closet uh, on a public access tv station now he's got 60 employees i mean it's something to be able to say that you can create a character which that's what he's done yeah i don't think jones is actually as unhinged as he plays i think he's a marketer and a provocateur yeah. and you can get people to respond to absolutely crazy stuff that said, I think the shit with Rubio the other day was awesome. What? I loved that. That you'll walk up to a senator and call him a frat boy and go back to your bathhouse. <laughs> bathhouse, and, yep. You know, because Rubio's trying with, with all these armed guards around him trying to be a big tough guy going, I'll take care of myself. You know, if he got the drop on Rubio, those dudes would shoot to kill. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was, he was never in putting in anyone in any danger. He was doing what I've seen you, you and I have both seen press people do it a million times, aggressively ask a question of a public official because they feel it's their right. Because I'm the guardian of democracy, yeah. uh, I can uh, treat politicians however I want. Because and then I can justify it with the First Amendment. It's like, you know, but then they don't afford that to Alex Jones, who is just as much of a journalist, in my opinion, as you know, uh, sure, somebody who a CNN reporter. Well, and that's and you know, for Rubio to say, "Oh, I don't know who you are," bullshit. 
you absolutely know who Alex Jones Rubio is. Rubio was lying through his teeth. And once you start lying, then it's all it's all fair game. Right. So uh, yeah, I I uh, I thought it was hilarious. And then you know Jones just starts yelling. Uh, I never said I would hurt anybody. And then. So, so for Twitter to ban him over that, I just thought was ridiculous. A- Apple just banned his app uh, from the App Store, and Google will do the same. I look at it all, and I just don't get, uh, like, I I have watched Alex Jones since Donald Trump won, because when Trump won, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a look at these elements of the internet and, and of media that I ignored because I didn't want to dip my toe in that water, because I wanted to see what those people who elected Donald Trump are watching. And I find Alex Jones to be somebody that is, yeah, he's a, I mean, coming from a background of talk radio, you and I both know exactly what he's doing and how good he is at it. He's brilliant. Yeah. At what uh, an actor he he's is. He's exposing the globalists. That's right. I mean, I think he genuinely <laughs> believes this stuff, but like when he's sitting there with Owen Schroyer going, that's racist, and then doing bits. Racist. Like the other, right, the other day when they're talking about, um, Brian Stelter, and they have a picture of Brian Stelter talking on the screen. They're like, I'm just mad because Alex Jones is more popular than me and has family that loves him. Like, like he's being funny. Like, he's trying to put his information in a way that is going to grab attention because in the modern media era, the only way to get attention for your brand is memes. Is, yeah, is, is bad behavior, to be honest. You know when I fell in love with Alex Jones was when he did the Megyn Kelly thing. (laughs) <laughs> and and she like he perceived that she turned on him and he's give you know he did that big response and he he goes oh she she's she was saying oh I'm obsessed with you and then he says something like I want to go have steaks with you yeah. <laughs> and the idea that Megan <laughs> Kelly would be looking at him looking at this guy going yeah I want to go have some steaks just, with you I mean they're just, just smell like sulfur and I, just, <laughs> I mean she's sitting there and just wants to have steaks with me I mean just the uh, I just I you know I love the blowhards right I love the people who just rattle people to their core and. Jones is that, but why do they keep banning these people? If you don't want to consume Alex Jones information, don't consume it. At what point was it socially acceptable to share an InfoWars article on your social media to begin with? <laughs> exactly. Like, at what point did you share something and not get the response of, InfoWars, really? <laughs> like, there was, you know, it, it, so it was just, uh, all they have done is they've poured wa- gasoline on his fire yep. and made him more popular. Because he'll find something. And for me, it's like, I used to casually watch him, but now I really actually take an interest in him yeah. because I... Almost feel bad for him. He's now, a mar- I do feel bad for He's him. a martyr. Yeah. He's kind of became the story, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. Because where does it end, right? I mean, eventually, it's that you know that old saying: nobody did anything, and you know because they didn't affect me, and right. until there was they came for me. You know, I'm paraphrasing a very famous quote, quotation yeah. there. But when do they come for people on mainstream radio? You know, wh- where does it where does it end? Alex Jones has the right to be a psycho and be wrong as long as he doesn't hurt anybody. And that's the issue. That that's the issue I take with the the websites banning them is they just pull out some nonsense clause that oh well you violated our hate speech or you yeah. you are aggressive yeah and you're you're threatening or this is a video of violence or whatever and it's like what the hell are you talking about because you asked somebody a question like what i or, i was um then they were I, saying was, he was calling for violence and he was like it's a call to arms if they impeach the president. Like what? You like, literally how is wa- that? and you literally watch. And so I've broken down the, the ten steps, which was that, brilliant, by the thank way. Thank you. And I've broken down the ten steps that they take because now they're doing it to Joe Rogan. So after the Elon Musk thing, <laughs> you get successful horses. You, you build a brand, 
and then you get popular enough to have a moment that becomes kind of like a cultural meme, mm-hmm. like the Elon Musk mm-hmm. uh, interview, and then all of a sudden, then they turn their attention towards you. Yep. And so, you know, this is this is the like we're at step one for Rogan. Uh, is this our cultural moment? Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Will we be banned? <laughs> right. A millennial, lib- a millennial liberal blogger posts a dishonest representation of a media personality. And if you listen to the episode 16 of the Chris Spangle show, I break down this article that Mother uh, Motherboard wrote, a Vice product, wrote about that interview and how dishonest. And basically, it just comes down to this person is mad that Joe Rogan is white and saying things that he disagrees with and he wants to shut him down. We'll build a platform then, dickhead. Uh, that's right. Number two, other liberal bloggers tweet or reblog the piece echoing the falsehoods. Number three, Media Matters begins monitoring the personality. They take past and future statements out of context. Uh, because Media Matters is show prep for the liberal media, newspapers... David Brock. At step four, <laughs> newspaper re- newspapers report on the personalities out of context statements under the guise of a danger to democracy. Number five, op-ed writers and cable news talking heads debate the morality of the out-of-context false comments. This debate spills over to social media and becomes totally detached from the original context. Uh, The repetition makes it true to the majority of people. Uh, This is is where Jordan Peterson is, by the way. Step six, journalists begin asking public figures if it is appropriate to appear on the program using social proof to make it seem dangerous or wrong, even though they never really, like, explain why. It's just asking in a negative way, is it appropriate for you to appear on that program? Makes it seem bad. Uh, It's a very uh, sadistic trick. Uh, CEOs of social platforms are asked to denounce the media figure. This makes company lawyers, shareholders, and vain CEOs panic over the bad press. Number seven, wait for the most convenient controversy to be created by the system to justify the removal of a media figure, uh, such as Alex Jones when he uh, said something about battle rifles. They took it out out of context, and that was the catalyst. Number eight, it is at this point that the figure is abandoned by employers, sponsors, corporations, allies, and friends that aren't willing to be subjected to the appearance of support for whatever fake hate speech or violence that the narrative pushes. Uh, The chilling effect causes members of the media figure's echo chamber to self-censor. Number nine, the population has been so thoroughly propagandized that they don't protest the action, which encourages the censors to move on to the next victim. The system at step 10 is then applied to ever an ever-increasing amount of figures that politically disagree with the network of liberal writers at clickbait mills like Mediaite, HuffPo, Raw Story, and BuzzFeed. Uh, that is uh, episode 16 show notes for the Chris Spangle Show. I, I thought, you know, and I bust your balls all the time, but I read that and I thought that is so well put together. Thank you. I really thought that was was really well orchestrated on how it all works. Yeah, it's 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 the pattern. Right. And we're going to see it applied to Joe Rogan. We've seen it applied to Jordan Peterson. You know, the, people report on Jordan Peterson and say absolute nonsensical things in the New York Times, and then, you, you know, people send me notes like when I say some nice things about Jordan Peterson, they post that article. And I go, you've clearly never listened to Jordan Peterson because you would know how ridiculous this is. And I hear that about Alex Jones. It's like... I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to defend what the guy says or does, but when people in power, in media and government and politics, start telling me what I cannot think or read or listen to, I start to question that, because 
I don't know what Alex Jones said or did around Sandy Hook, and I bet most people don't. I doubt most people saw the original context of what Alex Jones said about Sandy now, Hook. Now, wait a second. He told Rubio he's bigger than Limbaugh. 20 million listeners. Uh, he told me he's, he told Rubio he's big, bigger than Limbaugh. He, he, I think he gets like 50 million, actually. I, I, honestly, I would bet you that it's it's pro- he's probably more culturally relevant at this point. You you think that many do they are they people like me who like are like this guy's a clown and yeah. I, I enjoy him yeah. from a I, humor standpoint. I would bet you that's 50% of his audience, but I bet you his cum as in our business, the yeah. total amount of people that consume your content. Alex Jones puts his stuff on so many different things and in so many different platforms that uh his his content is consumed by so many more people than a traditional single source radio program like Rush Limbaugh, I don't think Limbaugh has nearly the political relevance or a cultural relevance that he once did. And I, I think that Alex Jones probably has more juice than Al, than uh, Rush at this point. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean... I mean, your station dropped that. You, yeah. you guys dropped yeah. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh and, because and, of bad ratings. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just fascinating to me that we have now just we're removing people's right to say things that are not they're very clearly not endangering anyone. Right. I mean, it's it, I mean, if 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 the phrase call to arms is now hate speech. Well, then it's, it's the, literally it's the reporting on what was going on in the interpretation. Yeah. From that reporting. It's it's almost like a game of telephone. And we're going to ban someone because someone said, oh, my God, he's calling for the assassination of anyone who it, talks it, bad about Trump or something. It's like, what are you talking? How do you get that from this? How do you get three steps removed from this? And because that's people, gonna- people don't click and read articles. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, so, all, it's all headline clickbait bullshit. Right. So nobody's actually going to go out and search and watch the original 30 minutes of programming. When you that, can't now. Yeah, five can't year, now. Five it's years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. When Alex Jones hey, talks about no paper trail, like I, I, I have never seen any even like video clips of Alex Jones talking about Sandy Hooker's of families. Like, what did he say? Right. What What did he actually talk about? Well, that and caused who cares? the harassment. Why does it matter? Right. I know one of the original things he was saying was that Anderson Cooper wasn't there and he was green screened, uh-huh. and that was what he was calling fake. And then they took that to say that he said all Sandy Hook was fake. And then there were articles of him, or there was him playing devil's advocate with other people who had theories of what was going on. Right. And then they were taking his uh, devil's advocate, things that he was quoting in that, and taking that out of context. So there was all kinds of mismatch. How, how many people on a daily basis are harmed or bummed out or mentally and emotionally distressed by something someone says in the mainstream media. Billions. Like, I, I understand the grief that these families must feel because I can't imagine what a horrible but tragedy that would be. But, like... You have, you have legal ways of going about that. Right. If you, if you can document it and something's actually... You can prove damages, go to fucking court. There's already legal remedies for it. And Twitter is not getting sued because Alex Jones is tweeting about uh, Anderson Cooper's nose has fallen off in a video at Sandy Hook. They, they, Twitter, they're not liable for that. That's, they literally can't be because I know. of Section 230. I know. So, so why are they banning him? Because and oh, now it w- violates our hate speech clause. It makes no sense. Because at the they end, want they want to be they want it both ways. They, they want, want to be regulated so they can hold their position. Because this is what always happens. Start a company. Yeah. You grow that company into a near monopoly. The public they u- become the usually leftists. Usually end up getting mad at that company. So then politicians seek favor by. Trying to regulate yep. that company, 
The company works with the regulators to craft the legislation that maintains their position in the marketplace and F anybody else who wants to start. Like, it's why you can't start a telephone company. It's why you can't start a competitor to GE. You can't start a competitor to the NFL even. Yep. You know, I mean, because they have worked with legislators to craft a place that keeps them safe. And in Silicon Valley with the high turnover rate, of course, Twitter and Facebook wants to be regulated. Yep. Because it keeps them in business. The system is totally rigged against the average person. And that's the one message why Trump was so popular is I'm not saying he had the answers to fix it. I don't think one person can fix it. But he is right. The system is rigged against the average person. Yeah. He rang that bell in every campaign stop. Yep. And the press is willing to participate in it because, you know, Rob, we've worked in media forever. We've done so well. The, the Indianapolis Star is, you, you know. huge. I can't believe I got you both <laughs> at, the, uh, at, at, the, at the table. Like you, you the the paper is so thin now, and it's because all of their advertising went to independent media yep. or to social media specifically, or to places like Craigslist, and so all their revenue was erased yep. because of social media advertising. And they, you know, I heard a Philadelphia Inquirer um, publisher talk on the Michael Smirkana show, where he basically said they were getting on their website thirty dollars per thousand. Now they're getting a dollar. And it's because Facebook came in with better targeting tools yep. and then stole all their online business. And they can't compete because their overhead costs of delivery yep. and printing are so much bigger than other forms of media. And they have, you know, Sean Hannity has 3 million viewers, but none of the overhead. And they have 800,000 in distribution and yep. all this extra overhead. And so they're mad at cable news. They're mad at social media. They're mad at all these independent media outlets because they're having to compete for dollars and for attention. And so whenever a convenient excuse like the Russia narrative can be created to destroy their competition, they're going to do it. And so you shouldn't listen to people when they say, you know, Alex Jones needs to be uh, silenced because Alex Jones is doing, doing nothing different than Abby Martin, Democracy Now!, or any of these other people on the left are doing, the Young Turks. He's just He has his own media outlet that speaks to his people, and if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Plain and simple. Hide him on Facebook. Don't like his page. Like, there's remedies to not seeing Alex Jones, but people want to control what other people think. It's like the height of craziness that an adult thinks that they should control what goes in the ears of another person. I don't like anything going in my ears that is unwanted. <laughs> <laughs> the occasional Q-tip after I a mean, shower is fine, but... Is I that the town marshal out there? I thought I heard a siren. With the ranch coming to the ranch. Yeah, you know, we could we could be the government shutting us down. For, <laughs> this isn't live, is it? God, I hope not. <laughs> so many, so many, so much edit. So, so much many edit. things to edit out. Well, how do you how do you feel about Facebook teaming up with like preferred news sources and vetting them? Like uh, CNN, I know is doing yeah. things with Anderson, trying to push Anderson Cooper. Well, that's what they'll eventually like do, right? They'll I think just, they're trying to merge, aren't they? And then just yeah. control the the. Uh, because no one reads newspapers or watches TV anymore. They get their news from Facebook. Yeah. So then CNN, they try to do a deal where they, they corner the market. People want to... It, these companies, if I were... I don't think anybody's going to watch if, it anyway. If I were Facebook, I would I would want to block all politics. And the only news and politics I'd allow on the site are from preferred vendors. Because then you're, you're you still allowing it. politics on, but you're allowing safe news and information on the platform. And then people see their friends and family and their ex girlfriends, and then you know, then the and current girlfriends. girlfriends. 
You know, and like, yeah, that's and current girlfriends yeah. like Tadster over here, <laughs> exes, um, currents, all of them, <laughs> baby mamas. How baby many baby mama? mamas do you think he has? Well, he's seven. I don't know. It's hard to count. I mean, he's a syndicated podcaster. Right. Owns his own ranch. Right. Stood right. up to the government. Has an ice skating rink in the yeah, backyard. It's pretty. I have two wonderful puppies. Well, do you have two phones? He does. Yeah. I just well, noticed that. Oh yeah. Well, I, I told you, girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, okay. That you know, makes sense, you don't want to. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> one's for drugs, one for business. For... Oh, actually, they're both for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is one of them for business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right. That's the tad. That's the uh, tad phone. Anybody puts a tad signal out uh, up in the sky here in Hendricks County? You have to. Do you, work makes you keep your phone with you at all times. Oh yeah. What? No. Well, I mean, they don't have. I mean, I. I, no, I've it. got everything on it. It's not like it's it's unlimited data. It's everything. So I, he's so rich, Rob. His dogs have a bookshelf. That's right. They, they have look look at how shelf. many I have. Four copies by Season on the Brink for <laughs> Bob noticed, Knight. I noticed that. Yeah, uh, I've gotten every book Bob Knight's ever written. Now I'm guessing the books up top are Pappies. Yeah, uh, actually, the majority of them are because it's all about uh, Gettysburg a, and Civil War and those are good Indians. Books. Yeah. And then the shelf down below is yours. It's all sports books, uh, yeah. auto racing, and uh, understanding business. Hypertension is that your book? Yeah, I'm gonna have to break that out because I uh, threw my back out <laughs> at Top Golf earlier this morning. I, I so hyper- I'm gonna have to read up on that. Tonight. Hypertension, I think, is high blood pressure. Oh well, I don't know. I'm gonna have to read the other one then. Bill O'Reilly's a bold, fresh piece of humanity. That's right. That's a good read. If you like humor, yeah, uh, good old Bill O'Reilly. No, my Trump shrine is in the uh, is in the studio. It's all under plexiglass and put away. All right. Well, I think we've lost Rob. I think we should start wrapping up because Rob Rob looks like he's ready. Oh, uh, let's wrap it up like a Christmas present. He's. Are you being uh, called home? No, no. Just you know, I run several successful businesses, so it was it was just hard to get away. You have a Lexus. I have a Lexus that was smashed by a deer. Yes. Yeah, I saw that, but yeah. uh, still, what was Lexus. the deer driving? It was uh, it was driving down forty. <laughs> one deer missed the first one. Never saw the second one. I think really? drunk drunk deers are a real problem in this county. Well, I'm and, and that deer paid the ultimate price. Now, would you ever you uh, you ran for office and served as an elected official? Yeah, uh, won uh, a lot of votes. That's right, many we, votes, almost it, all of them. Some would all, say all, almost all, almost all the votes. Some would say almost all. Would you uh, would you run again? Oh, break it here! Oh boy, break it here! Come on. Throw your hat in the ring. He's he's running for Senate. I can tell. <laughs> I Come not on. For Are you going to be the successor to Donald? You know, part of me really would like to uh, like to run against Governor Holcomb in, in 2020. Ooh. You know, do, do the LPs need a candidate? I'm sure they do. You know, yeah. I mean, would you guys run my campaign? Uh, no, I I've got all the time in the world. I'll get three phones if I <laughs> meet my <laughs> I can meet my the... campaign manager Tad Western. I I do, and I I've wanted to ask you this forever because you haven't really been on the show because you and I had a thing. It was uh, great. It, it was, was great for ratings. But, yeah, we it was huge. We fought. We and then you know the, the I need a beef. At Rob's Rob is an only child, and so sometimes he takes his joking too far and got a little too personal. Are you an, are you an only child? I am an only child. Right. right in the fields. It's funny how I knew that without knowing the answer. Um, and but uh, so you know we got a little sideways there for about a month. I didn't I didn't get invited to the wedding. Uh, just had to watch. You know the, why you didn't get invited to the wedding, right? Why? She was petrified you were going to meme the wedding. <laughs> 
It's probably a good call on her part. I I had I had uh, I I went to the mat for you and Lens over the. Did he not get invited either? Because no, 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 of the no, same no, reason. Very worried because of what you did at Hannah's wedding. Oh, it was okay. your behavior at Hannah's wedding that dealt you in. But see, I wouldn't do that to you guys. I tried to explain that. Hannah's just a pain in the Trust ass. Trust me. Right. I I, I, tr- I tried many hours. <laughs> To explain, <laughs> I tried. You realize the the that meme era, it, it really helped the show in some ways. It really hurt the show in others. I've I've had to do basically a year of digging out to re- regain my credibility after that period. But it was, uh, good times. It, was it was a lot of fun. But it, we that that it kept me from getting invited to weddings, birthday parties. It was in court records and a friend's divorce. <laughs> It's just more meme time. <laughs> we are li- we are libertarians. Tad and Greg and I are in court divorce proceedings. That's right. As Tad Western. As Tad Western. And and I kept telling her. I said, "Look, honey, he would never do anything inappropriate." And and I'm, I can assure you that they will both be very well behaved. And it just I, for months. I Here, tried for months. Here's the thing. Uh, both Linz and I. No social norms really well. Yes. We choose to break norms. Yes. But we know, like, I know when not to go too far. He he knows when he's gone too far. I choose to stop before I go too far. Um, he, he ro- no breaks on the meme train. Right. He, he rose from the dead. Nobody's heard from him in the years at this point, but he posted a Hitler meme to Jeremiah's Facebook page the other day. Um, so it was just a lens striking back. It was, it's really the, the great regret of my wedding is that you guys were not there. Uh, well, I appreciate that. But uh, so you haven't been on in forever since our immigration fight, mm-hmm. uh, and I have not heard your opinion of Donald Trump as president. Uh, I want to I want to hear what you think of the last you know seven hundred days or so. I think the country's in a good direction. I'm th- shocked that you have positive things to say, Ron. Uh, well, okay. So so what do you run on? You run on I'm going to put constitutionally based judges, judges who believe in the Constitution that it's not a living, breathing document on the Supreme Court. Has done that. I, I don't. I don't. I think even libertarians would look at guys like Gorsuch, who I've heard you say nice things about. He wrote for Cato, yeah, at and, one point. And yeah. I think Kavanaugh is a is a good choice as well. So I think he's done that. I think that's a check. He said he'd do tax reform. He did it. I right. think the tax cuts, putting the onus on the businesses and putting saying we're going to give it to the business and let that trickle down that way, was really bold. I think it was smart. I think it went well. I think he has not done a good job of getting the government under control. I think the spending is still totally out of control. I think he got snookered on the the omnibus deal, um, and and I think he's I think he fails sometimes to unite because of his social media behavior. Yeah, from our business, it's awesome because every day oh. I, I every day I can read a Donald Trump t- tweet with Whitney Houston playing in the background. When he said, "I watched I, Barack Obama's speech, but I fell no. asleep," how I. Howled when I saw that in it, Twitter. It's a guy that still doesn't totally understand, and he does this a lot, that he's not, while he may be the CEO of America, he can't wave a magic wand and say, build a golf course or build a building or revamp a post office. Yeah. He needs the Congress to get things done, and he alienates people needlessly. And 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 I think he's he gets so caught up in things that don't matter sometimes that it's taken a presidency. I would give him a, an, an, a B plus, A minus. I think if he had tried to unite the Republicans more so and let certain things go, I think he'd be doing much better. Um, but on the key things that he has control over, he he's done a pretty good job. I think that if he had the self-control to delete Twitter from his phone 
and do it the way the presidents have done it in the past. And I know he thinks that that's how he got elected by having that direct line to the people. You know, he it, his rallies would be a bigger deal because that would be the only time that he'd be heard, really, because he doesn't talk to the press much. <laughs> I think if he just shut up, yeah, for six months and let the economy be the story, he would keep he would keep Congress. Because you, 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 you guys know this, right? I mean, once you've secured someone's vote, they can't vote for you twice unless you're in California. Right. And 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 <laughs> Rob Kendall's going to vote for Donald Trump. Like I'm, all, everything now is just icing and gravy, and I can't tell any more people to vote for Trump. What you're doing though with these tweets and stuff is alienating that middle block who you really do need, who do like your policies. They don't like you. There's a lot of people in our audience who probably would fit that description. It's like, you know, uh, I think, Tad, you voted for Gary Johnson, right? Yeah. Well, because I knew Trump was going to win Indiana. So. <laughs> right. So, you know, Tad's a guy who's sympathetic. Yeah. I, re- I really don't. I went over his. I think I went over his policies on the show. Me and Greg did, and I was like, if he gets half this shit done that he that he says, I mean, if he sticks to this, this isn't a bad. I mean, this isn't a bad deal at all, really. Yeah. I mean, it's not liber. It's not perfect libertarian, and it's not as good as Gary, but it's a hell of a lot better than what Hillary was there, offering. There, there's right. no policy since he's been president that has been accomplished because of Twitter. That's exactly right. And, There's and, a lot of stuff that's been ruined because of it. Exactly. The campaign, the Twitter was great for campaigning. I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. But I, I really thought he'd tone it down, and it's been to his detriment because people vote based on their current situation. And, and unfortunately, they vote a lot of times on how they judge you. And that's one of the things I told Trump when I interviewed him when we got done, because he was so nice yeah. and just totally different than what people see. I said, if people saw this side of you, they, they'd think totally different. But I think he's so sensitive. To everything, yeah. is it the, just the years of the New York media yeah. beating him up, and he's just? I, I just, I just think he looks at he's it. He's always as, ready to throw that counterpunch. What's the worst that can happen to me is I'll go back to being a billionaire. I don't think he gives a shit. I don't think he cares. And I think he makes the environment worse because people just hyperventilate so much that it builds yep. up the other side to the point that it, it is. You know, he feels he needs to defend, yep. and in the defense, he just makes that other side even more crazy. You know, and so it, it, so now you've got senators openly breaking Senate rules just mm-hmm. to, to grandstand to be ridiculous. And 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 the the pivot is so important, right? Because everybody in this room knows how they're voting, you know, and our friends for the most part, because we hang yeah. out with informed people. Even if we don't agree on opinions, we know what's going on. How do you move the people who start watching and deciding how they're going to vote the week before the election? The the guy that's going to decide the Joe Donnelly race that that you know run of the mill. Maybe college educated, maybe not. How do you how do you move that person to your side? You don't do it by Twitter. You don't do it by you know just making bizarre statements. You don't do it by talking about Robert Mueller every three hours. You do it by letting your policies talk for you. And Trump is not moving those people. Yeah, I think he thinks that he can speak things into existence. Yeah, I think his ego is that big, yep. and he just can't. And it doesn't work that way. And no, you know, his pride ultimately is what will be his downfall. It, it is. It's very. He is not Nixon. And, and I don't yeah. think he's a criminal, unlike Nixon, but it's very Nixonian in the paranoia, yeah. which is too bad because his policies have been pretty darn good. The regulation, I mean, on policies, 
regulation repeal, I'm sure you support. You yeah. like the judges. Uh, you know, the tax cuts should have had the spending cuts, but whatever. Those are all things he's campaigned on. He can't make Congress fund the wall. So from my perspective, he's done everything, but I'm already voting for him. He's he's a lame duck president, even if he wins re-election. I, exactly. And, and that's really the sad part, and that's sort of why Ben Sasse's uh, comments in the Kavanaugh hearings the other day, I think, hit so hard. That's what I was watching when Rob got here. Yeah, I think it like the Sass comments about how Washington actually works now, and everybody goes, "Yeah, let's get back to the 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 bill singing on the steps of the Congress, Schoolhouse Rock." Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't recognize the legislation the way that we were taught it in school, and so it makes no sense to us. And the sad part is that, uh, well, maybe the good part. I mean, complete interaction. And complete failure to do big things at the presidential and congressional levels doesn't really make me all that mad, (laughs) you know, but at at the same time, it's like you're still going to have to pass big laws to repeal things. And, And the problem becomes like what we saw in the Republican primary for Senate this year. And I know we talked a lot about this because I thought Todd Rakita was going to be a great candidate. I mean, a great background, was a great secretary of state, was very friendly to the libertarians, Absolutely, uh, tried to actually do the right stuff on redistricting. And I thought, wow, this guy's going to be a great candidate. But it became this obsession over who's Trump's biggest bosom buddy. Yeah. And it made them all awful candidates. <laughs> yep. yeah. Because now that doesn't help Mike Braun. Now that doesn't move Mike Braun past Joe Donnelly because you've totally wed yourself to Donald Trump, right. which doesn't get you to 50% plus one. So. Yeah. Even in Indiana. Yep. Yep. All right, well, let's start wrapping up. Uh, we At the end, we do shameless self-promotion. We cover whatever we may have uh, have missed during the show. Tad, why don't you start us off? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a humble man. I don't like to, I don't like to brag or, or plug anything, but I, if you insist, I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, thanks for coming over. Bringing, yeah, uh, thanks for hosting Thanks us. for coming over, Rob. Uh, no problem. Anytime you want. Anytime you need to get out here to Hendricks County. And, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's, to tomorrow's my birthday. I'm meeting, oh, tomorrow's your birthday? I'm meeting the family tonight at, uh, in a couple hours over at the, this Italian place, and Rob lives on this side of town. I was like, let's do it at the ranch. You were, yeah. Your mother was very mean to you in planning your <laughs> my, birthday dinner. My mom called me a bitch. <laughs> she, well, you... You were bitching because you didn't have enough candles on the cake. That's right. Yes, that's right. I don't want a three and a five candle. I want 35 candles. <laughs> and she said, damn it, the cake isn't big enough. She's like, get a bigger cake. This is my, right, this is my writer. Yeah, well, yeah you have now, the, uh, the writer. As we always do, Chris, you know, when I appear on We Are Libertarians, I offer you a sizable donation Thank, because yes. I do enjoy the podcast. I do listen to Tad Talk. I do listen to We Are Libertarians every week. I'm going to start listening to the Chris Spangle show as well. Please, yes. So once we're done here, I'll be making this sizable $10 donation to We Are Libertarians. Oh, wow. It's not Christy Avery level, but, you know. I, I All I ask is that half of that be uh, in Bruce's name. It, it, yes, half of this is is uh, from, from Bruce Kendall, who sur- surfaced yesterday. He's a good boy. Yes, he's he great. He's a good boy. Yeah, Always I was worried about your dog, Bruce. He has his own social media channels. Yeah, he's going um, he's to uh, get he's gonna get more active now. He told right. me the other day. Good, yeah. See, the thing about Bruce is that Bruce is not like your typical dog Instagram. Yeah. You know, Bruce has a personality of its own, and he's he's a little Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know, he looks like him. He speaks like him. He's very, uh, yeah, I, li- I like that. But thank so, you for the donation. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for letting me uh, letting me come, and thank you, Tad, for hosting hey, us. No at the problem. Ranch. Anytime. It's good to see you, Rob. And I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and plug Tad Talk. If you uh, if you guys like what you hear from me, or obviously me, I'm the only one on Tad Talk. Occasionally, I have a guest. 
Uh, Kona, Pooh Bear, every once in a while, you'll get to hear them chirp in. <laughs> I, I, but, uh, I, I enjoy the stories because Tad Talk is part Tad's life and then part like news, breaking down the news of the day. It's pretty much a pod documentary. Yeah. Podimentary, I and guess we could call it. The things that Kona humps and the things that that Pooh Bear pisses on is, is part of my favorite. Yeah, I accidentally locked Pooh Bear in the spare bedroom and she peed all over everything but it's a you know we got washing machines and right. plenty of detergent for stuff like that <laughs> but it, yeah if you want to listen to uh tad talk i do i do it about four or five times a week and uh 30 minutes 30 minutes or so on local or not local but current news events and uh I try to write a try to write some comedy bits too but it's, most time those don't come out that funny it's it's a very funny show and it's it's one of those shows that it's like you know like I, I listen to um, a lot of uh, a lot of shows. Some shows, and I think we are libertarians is kind of this way. Sometimes you got to pay attention because you might miss something. Whereas like Tad Talk is just kind of like a fun listen, and you know you're doing it's the easy whatever. listening. Yeah. It's pretty much elevator music. It's elevator pod. No, it's, it's what but we it's like funny, it. and you don't talk about like you know all kinds. Nothing of... Nothing heavy. I try yeah. to stay out of politics on on my. Uh, on my podcast, unless it's you know shitting on John McCain's funeral, what's what's like the most what's the most uh, what's the weirdest story you covered this week? The, oh my, I had a great story. You guys should go listen to it. I think it's in the title. But a uh, a meth head actually uh, fornicated with a beaver. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, no, there's wait though. That yeah. was the that was the headline. I read it and then. The beaver had been struck by a car, oh. and a woman had got out of her car and wrapped it up in a blanket, and then she went to leave and came back. She was trying with to get some milk. help. She was trying to get something to carry. The, we'd covered this story on Chicks on the Right. Yeah, and For, forget uh, the crackhead, or was she the crackhead? I I have no idea. This story, I thought it was fake news, but I read it anyway. I was like, this is too good, and so she came back, and the guy was apparently effing this beaver to death. <laughs> And uh, the beater, the best part was the last line of the story was the beaver. Uh, the beaver was later deceased, so the beaver ended up dying. Right, at least it was warm. Yeah, I don't know. Rob, so that was a pretty good story. Uh, at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter, catch me on WIBC as well. Chris, thank you for the amazing experience. Yes, thank you for having me on. All right, thank you uh, to everybody for listening to We Are Libertarians. Thank you for listening to Tad Talk and thank the you. Chris Bangle Show and Brian Nichols Show and the Boss Hog of Liberty and Upward and all the other We Are Libertarians network shows, Fundamental Freedoms, uh, which every Sunday night you can see a new fundamental video on the the basics of libertarianism with Sarah Brady Wagner. So, all right, thanks for joining us here on We Are Libertarians, and we'll see you next week. Pew, pew, pew.